All right, Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas, Thanksgiving week is here. Other folks have just gone on vacation, all right? We don't do that. Sports, we keep going. I mean, Eric Kelly at Fox 44, they still have to put out a product. Okay, even Thanksgiving evening, they'll probably put something on the air. Uh, occasionally, maybe they can pre-produce these things, but uh, but Eric is on the scene. Eric, uh, good to... Uh, Good to visit with you, and I, I tell you, I got. A th- I, I thought the other day when your your face popped up on the game, I was in the press box, and there on the game's on Fox, big noon kickoff, and 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 you and your staff's little bubble pops up on the screen, and I said to myself, I got to get Eric on. We got to get Eric on the show, and and here you are, buddy. Um, I uh, I uh, I'm glad to have you. Good to be on, Matt. You know, I'm glad to hear that some people go the other way instead of seeing my face and then immediately changing the channel or trying to increase their screen size. <laughs> no, no, I saw it. I thought, got to get a hold of Eric and, and uh, track him down. And uh, good to have you on. You guys do a great job on uh, high school football and at Baylor and everything. I did like that, um, you know, because I was kind of monitoring – this soccer situation today, and I'm not going to pretend that I watch uh, EPL or am some big soccer guy. I did play, but where I came from, Kaufman, Texas, you know, if you played past sixth grade, they were like, what's going on with this kid? What's he, what's, has something gone wrong in his life? You know, we kind of stopped earlier than some places, but I love the game. I mean, I do kind of the beauty of it and all. There's, there are parts of it that I really like. Is, is this, Eric, a, um, is this a rough, uh, I mean, 1-1, can you draw any sort of like positivity from that, or is this a pretty poor result for Team USA today? I think if you would have asked me when the game kick off 1 o'clock, if you would have asked me at 12.50, I would have said, that's a great result because the USA is still able to qualify in this group, and it's not a knockout blow because you, you hear about the stat over 80% of teams that win their first game, they, they end up moving on past the group stage, and less than 20% that lose their first game don't move on. So the fact that you draw pregame would have been great. Now, the way that it happened and the fact that it happens in the final 10 minutes on just a miserable decision by Walker Zimmerman, eh, maybe it's not as great right now, but I think you have to look at the larger perspective, and if you want to be positive, mm-hmm. listen, the USA is not this world power in soccer. This isn't LeBron James and the Redeem team where it's gold or bust. It's, I think a lot of people would be happy getting out of this group, especially with England kind of being the top dog and then the rest of them all trying to fight for second place. So you get a decent result against Wales, the other team that you figure they'll be fighting with for second place, and then you turn your, your attention towards England, hope to get a result. Will we? Uh, not sure about that. And then obviously you think, okay, if you beat – Iran in the final day, you put yourself in a pretty good position. All right. Now, how did you consume this? Were you, I mean, because you had uh, Aranda speaking today later than usual because they got a Friday game. You got a lot going on, but obviously you love your soccer and you were passionate about this. Were you watching on your phone? Did you race over to some establishment there in Waco? I've been very curious of like what bar would be open in time uh, to, to show something like this? Because you know there are a couple of bars around that are showing the game. How did you, how did you watch the game today? On my couch, as of yet, no complaints to my uh, building manager 
yet from my neighbors, although we're not totally out of the woods <laughs> until maybe tomorrow on that one. And then, yeah, I just a little more sweat than most people would get on a on a you know what is it Monday in November when it's less than yeah. 20 degrees outside as I'm sprinted over to Aranda's press conference to make sure we were there on time. Yeah, good, good. You got over there. You get over to see Dave Aranda, Eric Kelly from Fox Forty Four. Uh, joining us, and uh, I, I love your commentary here. I thought very even-handed and subtle. Let me let me read this one. This is about from an hour ago. Walker, what are you doing? In all caps. I think this is tremendous commentary. Uh, so that's the play you're talking about, where the uh, foul was taken, and obviously it happened in a really bad spot. Now, how how should he? have handled that is that is that one of those deals where you got to know where you are on the field you got to know what position you are and you can't sort of you can't put the referee in a place where they make that call is that right yeah Gareth Bale's got his back towards the goal I I would equate it if you're trying to think about it in another sport if you're a basketball player in the post what are you going to do just go straight up stand there go straight up make him make a great play where he's got to turn around and find a way to fire on goal. I don't know many people who can do that. So it's either that or his way, which is shoving someone in the back and praying that the ref, the ref goes your way. So, you know, not the result, but Hey, still two more games. All right. Uh, walk me through Dave Aranda today. What was the, um, what was the mood like? And, and what do you, uh, it seemed like he suggested that some of his players, boy, when they came in the next day, still had some emotion on their face, still dealing with that. Um, you know, what was the what was kind of the message from him? And, and what do you think he was most upset about about uh, about how that thing played out? Because of course, everybody wants to look ahead. Oh, Texas! Of course, we only get really one crack at Dave. But I think everybody today, at least I was was wanting to hear his take since he had watched the film on the TCU game. What do you think was the biggest uh, thing that he was was upset about or still disappointed about in, in how that whole thing went down? Yeah, he, he made a comment, which uh, he gave a lot. Of, he did, I will say, up front, he did give a lot of credit to TCU in yeah. the way that the Horn Frogs were able to scheme Baylor, especially on those final two drives. Because you think about it, Matt, I think a lot of people, at least from what I saw, we're like, why isn't Baylor more aggressive? I think Baylor, that is Baylor being aggressive. You think about what the other two times that the Bears were in this position this season, Kansas, Oklahoma, what did they do? They ran 27 plays on three drives in those two games where they had a one-possession lead in the fourth quarter. 27 plays, attempted three passes, gained over 200 yards, scored twice, killed the clock the other one so that's just what they do I think really what he was most disappointed about was the fact that they couldn't just get a head hat to a hat like they were early on in the game he talked about the running backs were really running hard and trying to run through tackles like they did earlier but it sounded like a lot of what his concern was the fact that they just couldn't move guys that's a lot of what Baylor does you know Baylor's going to run it right down your throat but what the Bears have been good especially the past what year or two has been saying, we're going to run it right here. You can put five guys in that hole and we're still going to run it down your throat. I think that's really what he was most disappointed about even today. Yeah, it was a rough, uh, boy, especially for us Baylor alums, that was a rough one 
to stomach to have that opportunity. Now, with Fox Big Noon kickoff in town, and Eric, I was hoping I, I, I did get backstage pass. I was back there with Herb, uh, with Urban Meyer and, and the and the fellas when when uh, I, I don't know if you saw that part of the broadcast when they had a TCU student or whoever that guy he was dressed in a TCU jersey, and they had a GoPro camera on the Baylor kid, and then the guy just lit him up. I think they were demonstrating some kind of play, and so it, it was kind of fun. And then they and then of course they will those guys in. What from a Fox standpoint? Uh, do you guys, Eric, kind of get special access to the show or any of the guys when they come into town? What's that What's that whole situation like with Fox? I think we could. Uh, I think, you know, week to week, you know how it is, Matt. You're so busy that you're trying to get through the next day. I would have loved to see if Brady Quinn's chin is at, as sharp as, at the point as it looks like on TV. Uh, <laughs> but but I think with so much going on, this is our peak season right now, man. I got high school yeah. football. We got college football. It's yeah. like you think if you spend 30 minutes anywhere, you're going to, you're going to miss everything. So I think we do. Uh, I think my mom would have loved to get a picture of Brady Quinn, uh, but she might have to wait <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Is this, um, yeah, the Brady Quinn thing? Yeah, the whole the whole gang. It's uh, it, but I, I I bet your mom. See, you need to send her a recording of when they popped all y'all's faces up on the broadcast, because uh, I like that. I like kind of seeing y'all like a, the the local Fox forty four man. It just y'all were right up there, and it was three three of your. Uh, I I knew you. I didn't know the other folks quite as well that came up on the the TV there. But that was uh, that was good. Now, speaking of high school, um, this is a fun time of year. I mean, and and you went to Mizzou. um, You've been kind of around the country and all. Were you prepared, Eric, when you got to Texas for I mean, you've been in some places, obviously, that care about high school football and everything. But the level and in the and the passion for it was there a bit of an adjustment period for you to to go oh my gosh this is like everything to these people yeah a little bit but matt i appreciate you allowing me to flex a little bit unknowingly here because i did come from a high school kirtland ohio shout out to hornet a, uh, the equivalent of a two-way powerhouse here they've won <laughs> six state championships in the past 10 years so i know a little bit about pretty good football up there, but yeah, to to a point, it's it's fun to see the way that the towns are all centered in the football stadium on any given Friday. I think you know I, I got a little bit of a taste of it uh, when I was in Lubbock for four years, and now here in Waco, it certainly hasn't disappointed. The, the talent here is just really, really impressive. With us, just remember seeing Rashawn Sanford throw a guy halfway back to Belton the other day at Waco ISD Stadium on a run. Uh, so yeah, it's been really impressive with some of these uh, teams and these towns how they how they really gather around the football team. Kirtland, I believe spelled K-I-R-T-L-A-N-D. Is that is that somewhat close? Yep, right next to the homes of Kareem Hunt and Mitchell Trubisky. So, yeah, not not too bad ourselves up there in Cleveland, Ohio, every once in a while. Yeah, I, a lot of coaches come out of Ohio. In fact, the, the Stoops family, I think, came out of Ohio. So we're, uh, we are familiar with that part of the country, although we think we invented high school football down here, as you've uh, been able to determine. Okay, a couple of these uh, schools that you've been watching. Harker Heights, 
Uh, and then also Crawford. We, in fact, we've been broadcasting the uh, Crawford games. Brian Fonville, uh, Tom Nesbitt do a great job on those games. Uh, this is a team that uh, we were kind of looking at this game because I thought they would roll over Coleman, and then somebody said, well, hey, Coleman's pretty good. They're like 10th in the state. Start with Crawford. What do you – uh, what have, what have you been able to determine about them and 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 well that but with Breck and all those guys out there what a that's a really good program isn't it? Yeah, what I've determined is they're pretty good and they look like one of those Crawford Pirates teams that's ready to make a run all the way to Jerwa because you mentioned it. Pirates have already beaten Coleman so far this postseason, your average top 10 matchup in the second round. And they also beat Centerville, who's still alive, was top 10 at that point in time as well. So they have two impressive top 10 wins this season. And you mentioned a lot of that talent. A big guy who they got back against Coleman last weekend, Luke Torbert, the very talented Mm. quarterback and safety after he got injured uh, against Moody four weeks ago. And it really felt like they were just – they kind of had that game circled as the one where they were really trying to set him up to be able to play against. And I think no disrespect to the guys who filled in, they did admirably and Crawford was able to have success during that time. But I think really getting Luke Torbert back adds that veteran experience under center, which, you know, even if you run the ball, like Crawford does just having that guy who knows the offense and can really manipulate it in a way that'll help the team have success is going to be huge. And it'll be interesting as they get ready to face a resale team who they beat in district play without Luke Torbert. Now he's back and in the postseason. It's a much improved Indians team. So it'll be very interesting to see who comes out in that one. Golly, Riesel. Yeah, they were like fourth in their district, weren't they? And then they knocked out the number one team uh, from another district in that bi-district matchup. And so that's uh, that'll be uh, interesting to watch. What about Harker Heights? What do we? Uh, what what, do you, what have you kind of seen? Uh, I mean, it's just been a been a school. Golly, now they've got some history behind them over twenty five years or somewhere in that neighborhood. What have we? Uh, what have you determined about that program? Well, Harker Heights, I don't know if anyone's more thankful to have won a district than Harker Heights. The Nags certainly have plenty of talent, but you think about it, Matt, that district that they're matched up is the one with the likes of Duncanville, Waxahachie, all those schools up north, the ones that you don't really want to match up against in the first round. So getting that number one seed, we've seen Temple have success in the postseason with it as well. Now Harker Heights is kind of taking it and running with it. I mean, we talk about the – skill that they have on the offensive side. We talked with Sean Sanford. He's going to Houston. He could be as high as a four-star by the end of the postseason. I think a lot of recruiting people have been impressed with what he's doing. And then Dylan Plake under center. But really the star of the show so far has been that defense for the Knights. Took a Mansfield team that's pretty good offensively and held them to just two points. And so that wasn't really even their fault off of a safety. So it's been really good defense for Harker Heights so far this season. The offense you hold a team under 10 points at Harker Heights, offense is going to do enough every single time. Man, I like it. I like the uh, I like the coverage over there on Fox 44, and uh, you get ready for for these matchups coming up. But uh, Eric, it's going to be fun. And also, by the way, the Bears. Uh, that was nice to see uh, Baylor basketball get a win. I didn't think, by the way, the Baylor women. I didn't think that was a terrible result. I mean, that, that thing looked like it could have gotten away from them. They fought back and really had a chance down the stretch against a ranked Maryland team. And the, uh, boy, the Terps. 
the Terrapins, that Diamond, I think her name's Diamond Miller. My goodness. I mean, we're talking, I mean, she's, what is she, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and out there going between her legs at the top of the arc. I mean, I was I was very, very impressed with her and Coach Brenda Freeze, but I thought the, I thought, uh, the, the Baylor women kind of hung in there a little bit. Um, the, the Baylor women and men, uh, I, I honestly, overall, a decent weekend for all of them. Yeah, we'll start with the men here. I think, I don't know. I don't know if you're ever going to beat the Virginia basketball team when the Hoos are shooting over 60% from beyond mm. the arc. And you can make a case, Matt. This is a game that Baylor dominated for 30 minutes. It's just one 10-minute stretch at a halftime where Virginia shot as well, maybe from the field, as it shot at any point in time under Tony Bennett. So take that one away. And you really liked how they responded against a really good veteran UCLA team. It looked like a time, at, there were many times in that game where Baylor looked like it really got under uh, UCLA's skin a little bit, which is tough when you have those veteran guards like uh, the Bruins have. And then you mentioned it on the other side, losing to Maryland, maybe not the result. Nikki Collin wanted, but you think about the fact that the Bears are still kind of adjusting without Asia Blackwell. We don't know how long she's going to be out. It doesn't look like she's going to be back anytime soon. So I think the big question was who's going to replace her scoring wise. You could tell they missed her against SMU. The minute she went out, the Bears really struggled on offense. So I personally, that was the most impressive thing is the fact that you mentioned how they were able to respond and come back and, and kind of dig into a deficit without someone who, Went into that SMU game averaging 20 a game. Yeah, I think they're going to be okay. And uh, it'll be kind of fun. to. They'll have to do some things. And uh, wouldn't it be nice to get Dre Edwards back at some point? I, You know, if I could help out with some of these eligibility issues, I would. Love to get to the bottom of that thing. But uh, if they get her in the lineup, it could make a big impact. Great to have Caitlin Bickle back. Eric, fun having you on. Always enjoy seeing you out and about at all these events and uh, was was uh, excited to have you on today. And now that I know you are so into soccer, I mean, we may have to lean on you during this World Cup. So uh, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep your number handy if it's OK with you. Yeah. Hey, any excuse to sit on the couch and watch so- soccer for seven hours? If you can write me like a little doctor's note so I can give that off to my parents, that'd be great. <laughs> I, could, I could certainly do that. Although I went to law school, I uh, did not go to medical school, but I'm always there uh, willing to help you on that front. There he goes, Eric Kelly from Fox 44, joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. It is now time for 